Dane Bradshaw, SEC Network basketball analyst, former Tennessee Vol, hanging with us here on our hotline. And Dane, how you doing today, man? Doing great. What's going on with you guys? We're just hanging out and uh, just excited about the weekend and uh, some final weekend of SEC basketball. Now, before we get to that, though, i got to ask you a question. You have young kids, right? What are your kids at? That's, that's correct. One through nine. One through nine? Like one, two, three, four? I mean. <laughs> like nine kids? Yeah, I, I should have clarified that. Four, four kids, nine and under, but nine, seven, six, and one. But, yeah. Okay. Wow. So other than the one-year-old, we're talking about the perfect age. What do they say about dad being on TV? Uh, you know what? They they could care less. However, um, we had the Auburn Alabama game this this past week, and uh, you know, at ESPN they'll do like a newsletter each month of who had like a creative skit or something like that. So um, I decided to to sell out my kids in an effort to make the company newsletter, and so I did. I got them all on camera, and I did a, uh, a power rankings one through four of who was best behaved during basketball season. Work from home, and so I just I ranked I ranked them, and and I made sure that they uh, um, that they understood that that did mean that my seven year old Millie she got first, and that did mean that I love her more. But it's subject to change as long as you know they they work on their behavior. So it was it was about it was about accountability. So they they didn't, I think they thought maybe it was cool to to be on camera there but not so cool when they found out that i was you know uh placing them for third and second (laughs) awesome so they don't care about dad being on on tv but they love themselves being on tv right yeah that's right yeah (laughs) that's funny all right tennessee uh, gets this game towards the end here against Florida on Sunday. Um, you know, this has been a common theme all year. I mean, I, it seems like everybody we talk with about Tennessee basketball, it's like, what's going on? You know, what's going to happen? Are we going to see the, um, the you know, offense starve once again? Or are we going to see the team that, you know, beat, uh, beat Kansas and was playing pretty well during that streak? I mean, what do you think about uh, Rick Barnes to me? And I've said this a number of times, too. He's got to be almost at his wit's end. I mean, as far as just, you know, frustrated with what's going on and the inconsistencies. Yeah, and trying to push the right buttons. And, you know, there's only – and when you can't have sort of that quick fix or, or you can't, you know, see the improvement or whatever it might be, um, you're kind of out of motivational speeches and tactics. At some point, it's just like, hey, this is going to be this way until – you got to start playing better. I mean, and, but I, I do expect them to play well on Sunday. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I think even though it, it's sort of unknown which seniors will come back or not with the extra year of eligibility that NCAA has allowed, it, it's a, it's a senior night game. Um, it's a rival in Florida. They've had a week off. They did not have a midweek game. And the last time they took the court against Auburn, look, Tennessee's lost some games because they didn't play well. But Auburn, they lost that game because not only did they not play well, but they got out out toughed and outmanned and just beat up on the offensive glass. And I think that could be a good thing for them because now it's back to all right, who are we? What what's our identity? Um, are we going to stand for that? Or are we going to come out and show that we can hang with anybody and we're, we're the tougher team? And I think the more guys like John Fulkerson start focusing on boxing out, winning the hustle plays. When, when your mind is focused there, I think that sh- 
should open up things for them offensively as opposed to your mind saying, i got to get out of this shooting slump on that and just pressing in that form or fashion. So you think, you know, if you, like you said, working on the hustle plays, concentrating on the hustle plays and rebounding and things like yeah. that, let the game let the game come to you more. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, it, it look, it, it's easier said than done. I'm sure they go into the game with that mentality. But then when you miss a couple shots down low or you have a turnover, it's hard not to allow the the junk in your head to come up and be like, oh, gosh, here we go again, another bad game when I was, you know, ready to break out of this slump. So, um, but it's not, look, John Fulkerson's gotten a lot of the criticism this year, but it's not just one guy. If they had, if they had better point guard play, um, things would open up better for Fulkerson. Eve Pond has been way too quiet too often. And, um, you know, but hey, can, can they put it all together? I think they can. You guys have heard me say, I, I think they've got good options down low in the post, not because we were hoping that Ponds and Fulkerson can be a threat, but because we've seen them be reliable threats. Um, they can share the ball extremely well as a team and make open shots, and we've seen that. And Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, to break you down one-on-one, go get you a tough bucket, tough two freshman. Um, and so that that's what you know, gives, gives me hope for this team. And Josiah Jordan-James is kind of their glue guy, but he's been banged up a little bit. He should be getting healthier. Um, but when when March is all about guard play, Tennessee has guards with Johnson and Springer. So um, I, I, could, I could see those two really coming alive here in March, even more so than they have. Well, I think you just answered one of my questions, but uh, when you look at this team, I mean, do you? It's they have the talent. They got a lot of talent. The inconsistency obviously has been the major issue. Um, but do you think this is a team that can put it together for a nice little tournament run? Uh, and if so, what's that X factor going to be? And you kind of talked about the guards there. Is that what you think it's going to take for them to to make that run? Yeah, I think they've for them to make a run in the NCAA tournament. I think they've got to win a couple games in the SEC tournament against some quality opponents, um, just, just merely from a seeding standpoint. Right now, I think Joe Lunardi recently has them, uh, they've, they've slid to a seven seed. And, you know, I think I've shared with you guys before, when, when Tennessee was hovering around that five seed spot, even though they weren't playing as well as a five seed, I was like, man, you, you just got to, you know, just tread water, get to the end of the season, regular season, hold on to that five seed for dear life and don't slide any further. And unfortunately that, that hadn't happened, but uh, a good quad one win opportunity against Florida. You do that. You don't have to win the SEC tournament, but if you could win one, two, um, I think, you know, that, that could also maybe get you back into one of those last five seed spots. Uh, because that, that to me is where, um, you just have such a, a better path available for you to get to the Sweet 16. And I'm not giving up on them. I mean, uh, Tennessee under Bruce Pearl went to the Elite Eight, I guess it was 2009. But that team did not have a great regular season. They were a sixth seed. And they won their first game in the tournament. And then uh, I guess the next matchup was a 3-14 game. I think it was Georgetown that got upset by San Diego State with who had a good kid named Kawhi Leonard on that team. <laughs> and, yeah. and then they – and then, and then they beat, you know, um, San Diego State. So they really, I mean, all credit to them, but they really didn't have to win two very tough matchups to get to the Sweet 16 the way the cards laid. And then they got to the lead eight by, you know, knocking off Ohio State. So um, it's just, uh, it's, uh, we, we've come to know you got to expect the unexpected in March. 
So correct me if I'm wrong, though, if Tennessee wins, they're the four seed in the SEC tournament, but if they lose, they're the five seed. Is that correct? Yes, that's my understanding. As uh, Yeah, if they win, they, they can get the double bye. If they lose, they're, they're the five seed. And it's, you know, right. so they're certainly playing for something against Florida here. Yeah, big time. Talk about uh, some of these teams. Uh, obviously, we've talked Alabama, and they're really, really good. Uh, but who are some of the other teams that are kind of surprising that uh, surprisingly playing well towards the end? Is it an LSU, or you tell me who do you who do you think a team or maybe a couple teams that can uh, get hot and win this SEC tournament in Nashville? Yeah, Arkansas's now won ten straight conference games, which is is just insane, and and now they've gotten themselves as high as. Uh, as a potential three seed in the NCAA tournament. So, uh, Coach Musselman made the short list today for, um, National Coach of the Year. I don't think he'll win it, but just the fact that he's on that list tells you what you need to know. Um, and, and they've done a heck of a job because they've got some really talented freshmen. They got a guard, Moses Moody, who's been so consistent. You, if you looked out there, it's not that he overwhelms you with his athleticism, it's his composure, just, Gets himself to the free throw line. Looks like a you know a fifth year senior or something, but he'll be a lottery pick. Um, and then they've got a bunch of graduate transfers. So in a year where it's been so tough for teams, especially new young uh, teams, to gel and to get any chemistry because you haven't had that off season, somehow Coach Musselman in Arkansas have found a way to do that. Um, it wasn't always pretty to start the year, but man, nobody's had a better last couple months, including Alabama, than Arkansas. Um, with that said, I'm hoping to see an Alabama Arkansas rematch in the finals, um, and I, I would I would pick Alabama to uh, get a little revenge on them. That these teams have split with uh, Arkansas winning the most recent one in Fayetteville. Any thoughts on LSU and Will Wade? And, and they kind of have been up, have been down, but seem to be you know still pretty consistent as far as you know getting wins and being one of the more well thought of teams in the ACC. Yeah, they've got as much talent, man. They've got three guys that should be NBA guys. Cam Thomas is a freshman. Leads, I think he still leads all freshmen in the country in scoring around 22, 23 a game. Javante Smart may be the best point guard in the league. Trenton Wadford's a great big man, a sophomore down low. And a kid, Darius Days, who's kind of their, their X-factor glue guy. Um, what's weird is you know Will Wade's team's – and look, they finished now in the top four in the league, I think three straight years, if not four. Um, so he's done an incredible job with them. Uh, but that, in the past, you always felt like Will Wade, his teams found a way to win close games. And usually that was because they won all the hustle plays, the 50 50 balls, and they were, they were tough minded. This year's team just, you know, it, they don't separate themselves um, in that category in terms of toughness. Uh, they get beat up on the offensive glass, give up way too many of those rebounds. So um, I think they kind of are what they are at this point. But with that in mind, they're one of those teams that's going to be an you know eight nine seed in the tournament. And if they win that opening round game, they'd be playing a a, a one seed where people are going to be saying, "Man, if, if LSU can bring it, they've got as much talent as that one seed." Um, and so they're, they're a team to watch. They could you know pull off one of those big upsets and and steal the one seed by virtue of uh knocking them off early we talked about michigan last time you joined us i'm still riding with them uh, even though illinois really looked fantastic against them when they matched up earlier in the week 
Um, but Michigan gets a big win over Michigan State, and that um, you know great basketball rivalry just last night. So seems like they're heading the right direction. And Jawan Howard, man, what can you say? Dude's got a team. Yeah, and they you know they were they had a long COVID pause, and uh, but they they didn't miss a beat. I mean, a lot of teams have come back and a lot of rust, but but not Michigan. And uh, they, he's just done an incredible job at his alma mater there. Um, they had the, uh, the slip up the other night before the Michigan State rivalry where they just, they just laid an egg and, and, uh, took a loss by, gosh, what was it? It wasn't even this close. They lost to Illinois. It was, felt like 30. I think it ended up being 20, 25 or something, but that was the number four Illinois where everybody was waiting to see that matchup and Illinois really smacked them. But I think despite that, they're still going to hold on to, to a one seed. And I think that was more of an anomaly than anything. Who else do you like nationally? Uh, obviously, Gonzaga continues their torrid pace, but obviously not in. They're not playing in the Big Ten either, where there's a bunch of good teams. Yeah, but I, I still think I would I'd pick Gonzaga to to run the field uh, or against the field um, in the NCAA tournament, and they just go wire to wire undefeated. Uh, they they haven't shown any weaknesses. Um, Baylor had a. They're, they're an example of a team that had a COVID pause, and they've been a little bit rusty since, not as sharp. They've, they've taken a loss. Um, but Gonzaga's been the closest to perfection. But but you're right. Look, they had not played the same competition. But when they have played elite competition, uh, they've shown that they're clearly the, the best team. And it just feels like that this is this is the year for them to get the, their national championship. It really does, uh, and, and that that brings me to the thought that if Gonzaga does run, and we, we've talked about these teams before, Indiana did it, uh, UNLV got all the way to the championship game undefeated and lost to Duke, you know, will they actually get the full credit that those programs have in the past because of the COVID year if they do go undefeated and win the tournament? I don't know if they'll, they'll get as high credit as those other teams did. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would I'd have to give them. Uh, a ton of credit here because everybody's been up against the same um same adversity and you know i i think if you ask coaches um or nick saban regarding the football season they'll say man all the all the respect in the world for for being able to just uh just stay focused and, and minimize the distractions keep guys playing at such a high level despite all this so uh, I think on the other hand, you could, you could argue it, it's even more, more impressive. Um, but, uh, to me, it's, it's, uh, there's no asterisk at, at all when it comes to this type of, uh, environment. Sure. And Saban did make that point, And, and I tend to agree with him. I mean, <laughs> it's hard enough to win a national championship. Then you throw in all the COVID stuff and, and you still get it done. So, yeah, if Gonzaga can do that, that'll be impressive. What, um, what game do you have this weekend? We've got uh, I got LSU Missouri tomorrow, which is a, it's a good matchup. Um, Missouri had lost four of their last five. They had a big win at Florida the other night. Um, Drew Smith, kid senior, that uh, got a last second bucket for them, and um, so Missouri was starting to slide a little bit. But that was a big confidence booster for them. And, uh, you know, there's not necessarily a whole lot on the, on the line. Both teams are safely in the NCAA tournament. Um, LSU's already secured a double buy. There's a few seating things, but, um, you know, so not as much at stake from that standpoint, but, um, the, the quality and, and the talent on the court, you know, 
um, is, is extremely high. We already talked about LSU, but Missouri's got a ton of upperclassmen. That's what's really helped them this year's that, you know, in all the years where experience has mattered more than ever, um, with all the COVID disruptions and, and, uh, chemistry on the team, Missouri returned like 99% of its scoring from last year. And that's really, uh, proven to, to help them out considerably this season. Well, Dane, before we let you go, I got to tell you this: you had a, a story about the, your kids uh, when we first started the, this interview, and uh, one of my daughters saw Vertical Leap inside the rise of Tennessee basketball, laying around the the old man cave, and they asked who 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 was that. I was like, well, this is Dane Bradshaw. He played you know basketball with uh, Tennessee, and she was like, oh. Doesn't look like a basketball player. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. But I tell you, hey, that dude's a legend. How dare you? You're grounded. Yeah, I, yeah you just tell her, hey, that's what Yo King Noah and Al Horford thought too. So yeah. I, I want them to sleep on me. <laughs> I sleep on Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico's going to have to come back and come on over to Cowboy Joe's house and. Uh, and and lay the smack down on one one eight-foot goal with the girls. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> Dane, always appreciate your time, man. Be safe in your travels and keep up the great work on the SEC Network.